if Ira really does succeed and remove the coordinator, will be the first and only blockchain project or survey ledger project that is not only fully decentralized, but it solves the trilemma and there's no fees associated with it. That'll be, that'll be a breakthrough in engineering uh, that I don't think we've, we've ever seen before in a, in a decentralized manner. Hey everybody, I'm Andrarki, Head of Communications and Advocacy for Steemit, and today I'm here with Dan Zimmerman from the IOTA Foundation. Is That's that correct? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what do you do at IOTA? My role is called Head of Financial Relations, and uh, I do a lot at IOTA, but one of the major um, parts of my role is really building out what I've been calling this financial infrastructure. Uh, I think that for the first part of uh, kind of, or the last couple of years, I think the major focus of a lot of projects is like, what am I gonna get into Binance? And we don't really think about that, right? Like we, as a nonprofit, like we're not really focused on exchanges, but we do think about kind of the financial infrastructure of how are people gonna engage with our, um, our economy? And that includes our token, that includes all of our services, and how we kind of bring them together in a very cohesive way. So kind of engaging with a lot of partners there and then also kind of expanding into North America. We met at the Coinvention conference where we had one of those epic crypto conversations that could have gone on for all of eternity. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it, it was striking how many similarities we had uh, being more on the marketing side of the, the crypto and blockchain world and and the similarities between our our blockchains why don't we talk a little bit about iota what's going on there because one of the similarities is that from the outside it might appear that not a lot has happened on steam in the last couple of years <laughs> a lot of work has been done we released hivemind we released mira and communities and smart media tokens will be launching extremely, extremely soon. Um, from the outside, it also seems like not a lot has been done on IOTA's side. Uh, is that the case or is something else the case? <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to be pretty crazy to think that there's nothing happening. I mean, I think that it's just hard to follow all of the projects, right? There's like thousands and thousands of projects, right? You, you can't follow every project uh, the same amount of detail. But, you know, for IOTA, We've grown, we've got over 100 people in our, in our organization, right? I think people don't realize that we started off as a non, uh, even before we were a nonprofit. You know, IOTA just raised half a million dollars, right? Or it was more of like a crowdfund. And we had these very humble beginnings, right? We didn't issue uh, our tokens to like the founders or to marketing or to, you know, advisors. It really was this kind of fair distribution where anyone who wanted to participate could do so. And so from there, um, you know, we, we kind of grew naturally and organically and got to a point that we needed, um, we needed some structure around uh, the work we were doing. So we very quickly um, organized and developed a foundation based in Berlin. So we've, we've got a nonprofit uh, that we've been housed under. And in the last year, we've, we've hired over 100 people, right? So that alone, we've really grown out our, um, our, our community, not only our community, but also our, our team. And we've made a lot of progress, not only on uh, on the like development side, right? So we recently announced uh, our solution to Cortisite, uh, which is how we're going to be removing the little centralized component of our uh, of our technology called the coordinator. It was always sort of a training wheels until the until the protocol uh, was strong enough to support uh, full decentralization. 
And, um, you know, we recently released the simulator for our fast probabilistic consensus uh, algorithm or mechanism that we recently released uh, or that is referenced in our Cortisite paper. So we're making a lot of progress in like slow, steady increments. Uh, we're making our node uh, software stronger. Uh, we've got some interesting hardware announcements uh, in the pipeline. So I think people forget that it's not just about you know, the GitHub activity. It's also about, you know, creating corporate partnerships. It's also about uh, working with, you know, regulators. It's also about um, just general awareness. So there's, there's a lot of components that I think that, that make up um, moving a project along. And uh, we, I mean, I know I work 12 hours a day. So there, there's so much work happening behind the scenes. And I, I think one of the reasons, and this is something you're going to see, I think, change in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're really going to be focusing or doing a better job focusing on um, some of our develop development updates. Because I think sometimes there's so much stuff that's being done that it's hard to quantify that uh, within kind of all the work that's, that's happening and everything that's being released. So we're going to be doing a better job of kind of um, uh, framing our technical releases in a way that makes them easier to digest. Yeah, we've definitely struggled with some of those issues too. And I think this is something that came up in our conversation, which is that you can either be doing the engineering work or you can be talking about the engineering work, but it's much more difficult to do both at the same time than people think. The other thing too, I think what people don't often realize is at least for, for IOTA, um, we re redesigned the entire, you know, concept of what it means to be a distributed ledger, right? I think oftentimes when you see other projects that are moving faster, oftentimes they're just, you know, copy and paste from other blockchain uh, GitHubs. So when you have that in place, it's easy to just release updates because there's kind of like a playbook. For us, we're doing, we're doing cutting edge research. We've got a massive research team. You know, we work very closely with academia because we're solving these problems around scalability, uh, decentralization, security that have never, have never been implemented before in a way that we're, we are um, suggesting is possible. So that, that takes a lot of time and a lot of um, care, right? Especially when you've got almost uh, a billion dollars worth of value on a network, you have to be very careful about the changes that you make. One of the things I wanted to talk about another parallel between our two protocols is that we're both one of the few protocols that has fee-less token transfers, which, which enables microtransactions. And we think that this is... That's really interesting. I, I Before you mentioned it, I really didn't know. The fact that people aren't aware of either of our solutions or don't think that this is a huge deal. I mean, I remember when, when this was the holy grail of finance, fast, fee-less tokens. Yeah, so this is something that we talked about, which was one of my favorite parts of the conversation is that, uh, that we had in Philadelphia, is that I think oftentimes people think that IOTA is just a kind of machine-to-machine -machine protocol. And I think that that, you know, that that is one of our breads and butter. Bread and butter, is that how you say it? Um, but the... I've always kind of seen us as this connective tissue between the human economy and the machine economy. It's going to be this, this protocol. It's going to be this uh, communications layer where human activity and um, machine activity can coordinate and collaborate. And what comes with that, I think, is also a really uh, a necessary thing is a value transfer mechanism. You need a way for devices and humans to engage in economic activity, right? If the, the human wants to pay the device for something, or the device wants to pay the human for something. And how we envision it is that we think that um, devices aren't going to necessarily engage in economic activity the same way that a device might, uh, that a human might, right? So a human might spend 10 bucks a month on Netflix. And 
uh, a device might spend you know, a fraction of a penny per every a API call in a pay-per-use model. And we think in a very literal, in a literal sense, it's going to be difficult to do that with you know, a legacy system like PayPal, where you can't do true microtransactions. But you also can't do that with other blockchains that have... Um, that you have to pay miners and stakers, right? So if you have to pay five cents for a, for a transaction and you wanna send a half a cent, the economics of that doesn't really work. So that's kind of the first thing. Um, and how we're able to do that is that, you know, because of the how our, our distributed ledger is designed, we don't have any miners and stakers. So you don't have to um, pay a fee to someone in order to keep the blockchain afloat. So we don't really have these, these really clear like economic incentives they're more utility driven incentives the core of it probably comes down to the different uh consensus algorithms so with steam we have delegated proof of stake that's certainly critical to achieving the fee-less nature that's how eos does it too whereas with iota i think it comes down to the tangle could you talk a little bit about what the tangle is uh and what maybe differentiates it from a blockchain yeah, so I'm sure that a lot of like the Steam community has heard of, of IOTA uh, and is familiar with the, the architecture, but just as like a, um, a little update. Um, so right, we're not a blockchain, right? All blockchains are distributed ledgers, not all distributed ledgers are blockchains. Um, we created this mechanism called uh, the Tangle, which is um, a shorthand, like DAG is like shorthand for that, even though, you know, DAG is a, still a blockchain. Um, but essentially what we did is that rather than putting uh, transactions into blocks that have to be mined, the transactions are just sent by a node. And that could be a computer, that could be a device, that could be an edge device on a network. And essentially if they want to contribute to the network, all they have to do is send a little bit, uh, is do a little bit of proof of work uh, to verify two transactions on the network. So, right, so if they want to send one transaction, they have to validate two transactions. It's a very simple utility driven uh, model. And the, the thought process behind that is that if a device wants to take part and contribute and be part of uh, this free data transfer mechanism across the world, they just have to contribute a little bit of energy in order to do that. And that's kind of version one. We're moving into this new consensus mechanism, um, uh, the fast probabilistic consensus mechanism or, or core decide we're calling it. And we're gonna have something called MANA. Uh, I can't get too much into it because I'm not entirely incredibly technical, but essentially there's going to be, we're going to be adding like proof of reputation of it to nodes so that nodes can, we can tell when nodes are honest or when they're not based on their history uh, and um, how tokens are transferred will have something to do with that. But I can tell you that um, we really want to keep in line with this method, with this, this idea that value transfer should be free on a network. And there's a lot of interesting reasons why we think that's the case, but when a lot of projects are, are positioning themselves as the next internet and this is a conversation we had you know ad nauseum uh, at the at the conference there's this idea that you know you're going to be able to replace the free and open internet with this like frankenstein where you have to you know click a link and then pay a fee every time you engage with like a d app um i don't really see that kind of working from a usability perspective but also from like an economic perspective it doesn't seem to make sense so it seems like Basically, you, you have a very efficient proof of work algorithm. So you, you use, you're currently using proof of work, but because 
you only have to validate a tiny number of transactions, it's, it's very easy work to do. Yeah, it's very, I mean, you're doing it individually at the, at the node level, right? So it's not a group of miners um, coming together or like pooling their resources together. It really is like, if I have a transaction to send, or if I want to open up a MAM channel, which is mass authenticated messaging, you just have to do that little bit of proof of work to verify. Uh, it's for like spam protection. It's to make sure that there aren't any nefarious actors on the network. So what do you think are the most exciting things that are coming to I IOTA within the next year? Are there any big developments, hardware, software that we should keep our eye out for? There's obviously core side, right? Like if IOTA really does succeed and remove the coordinator, we'll be the first and only blockchain project or survey ledger project that is not only fully decentralized, but it solves the trilemma and there's no fees associated with it. That'll be, that'll be a breakthrough in engineering uh, that I don't think we've, we've ever seen before in a, in a decentralized manner. That's going to be very exciting. Um, we're going to, we're going to be working on that. Uh, we spend so much time on, uh, on moving towards that, that goal. Uh, I think for those who don't know. Scalability, decentralization, and security. It's relatively easy to accomplish two of these, but three is exponentially more difficult. It's very, and, and then I think even on top of that, it's difficult to solve all three while having no economic incentive. I think people often forget, like that might even be like the fourth leg. Because I think what you're gonna see is that maybe in the future, in the next like three, four years, you're gonna find other projects saying we've solved the trilemma. Like there's some of our competitors that have originally come up and, and suggested that they have. Uh, but I think as long as you have a fee associated with it, then you really haven't solved I think, I think fees are kind of a component of scalability in like a non-technical way. Another thing we're really, really excited about is Cubic, uh, which is corn-based computations, and that allows for a variation of smart contracts, which I know a lot of people have been asking for on, um, uh, on the IOTA protocol. It's a second-layer solution. But I, I also think a lot of the work, I think the most exciting work really that we're doing is behind the scenes that's not necessarily technical. Like we're, and a lot of other people, not a lot of people know that we, uh, you know, we're working with a standards body called OMG, the OMG group, Richard Soley's on our board, and we're actually working with industry to turn IOTA into a standard. And oftentimes, uh, you can't really find mass adoption, like industry adoption, unless you're an open standard and open source. And I think a lot of people in our, in our space are really only focusing on being an open source protocol. But if you don't, if you don't create a standard that other technology companies can um, uh, can contribute to or feel comfortable with, like if you don't have the right licensing, uh, it can really inhibit adoption. So we're we're pretty far along in that process relative to other projects, and I think you're going to see some more announcements soon about uh, a lot of the work we're doing around standardization. I think that's a very very big component of the work we're doing. You come at this from a marketing perspective. Do do you think a lot about how to communicate this stuff uh, in ways that ordinary people can understand. Because I know that within the STEAM ecosystem, this is an issue that is, is very near and dear to a lot of users' hearts, uh, is that they feel that uh, not enough has been done to communicate the innovation in a way that anyone can understand. And I do my best and it, you know, it's, it's part of my job to try to figure out new and better ways to communicate this information, but I'm always looking to learn more. Any insights on that? Yeah, I mean, you're never gonna make the whole community happy, right? I mean, we both got massive communities. We've got 
like I think hundreds of thousands um, at this point. Um, but you said a couple things there that I just wanted to, to call out. The first one, um, you know, we're, sometimes I think like using the word marketing kind of cheapens it in a lot of people's words. Cause I, I think marketing can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. For me, my background's like branding and consumer psychology. Like I love thinking about how people think about things and how they interpret things and what happens when you give someone a piece of data and how they digest it. So in that sense, yeah, to me, it's really interesting how we frame this conversation. And I think where, where it's a little easier for STEAM is that people know social media, people know medium and they know blogging. And that's a very simple concept. Um, for us, you know, we've, we've become so synonymous with IoT that people don't really know what IoT is. Right, like I, I get into arguments sometimes with people from the foundation. They're like, "Oh yeah, you know, everyone knows what IoT is," and I'm like, "No, everyone does not know what IoT is." And you know, to even I can even speak to myself. Like I, I worked in IT consulting. Um, you know, I, I worked with companies and built out systems of, as a product manager for a couple of years. And even I remember going, uh, like hearing about IoT in like 2013, 2014 and having no idea what anyone was talking about. And like, I was pretty technical for a non-technical person. Um, so I think that there's just a big barrier there. And I just had this conversation with, um, with uh, my US counterpart uh, a couple hours ago, that how I like to explain it is that I think IoT people often forget that IoT is gonna be an extension of us, right? Devices are gonna be an extension of us. I think you said it pretty well. So it's not just like there's gonna be a toaster and there's gonna be a washing machine and they're all just talking to each other. It's our data, right? It's, it's, you can think of it as like a constellation of, of different data points that are all just connected by you, the identity. And this might be even a little too conceptual when I explain to people kind of what we are, but I think at a, at a very basic level, how I like to frame it is that, you know, IOTA really is this connective tissue between the human economy and the machine economy. And as we become even more interconnected, we're going to need a really safe, secure mechanism to do that. So whether you know about computing or not, um, I think everyone realizes that, you know, especially in today's uh, the climate we're living in, there's a lot of open questions about privacy and data and security. And I think if you frame it that way, that this is about um, what's going to happen in 10 years and are we going to be using systems that protect our data and that allow us to control our data and our privacy or ones where, you know, it's kind of available on an open market. And I think regardless of who you are, I think that's a very easy story to understand. Um, and then just applying it to IoT, it's the same thing, right? You're going to have you know, hundreds of devices that are, um, that are associated with you. You know, it could be your phone, it could be your lamp, it could be your car. And how do you want them all to all communicate? Do you want them to all be part of a, uh, a system that is controlled by you? Or do you want them to be controlled by different companies and then uh, having your data kind of leak out to all of these different services? Um, and then, you know, you talk about security as well. Uh, you know, it's different if someone hacks into a social security number um, service and steals your ID, and then we all kind of forget about it next week. It's another thing if someone hacks into your car and drives you off the road, or um, hacks into a centralized database and like kills everyone with a pacemaker. Like I think that there's another level of privacy and security when we talk about IoT devices. So I don't know if that answers your question around like the positioning and and kind of the psychology behind it. But I really like to think that we're more this connective tissue that brings us together. Uh, I think as I think that the token is the that, that's also a really big component of that as well. Um, the token and the data transfer mechanism. So I always try to use really simple human-centric um, wording because at the end of the day, we're humans and we need to understand this. Yeah, 
I like the, uh, the metaphor of connective tissue, and I hope you won't mind if I maybe use that but modify no. it. To, <laughs> to, um, <laughs> where the know. connective tissue between human beings and uh, your application can tie into that connective tissue. So, um, Yeah, you need to, and I think, you know, you asked me like the branding. I think you have to put visuals in people's heads, especially when you're not playing at the application layer. I think like the, I think that for Steam, it's a really, clear story right it's like social media that's that is owned by the person who's creating it like i think that makes a lot of sense it's a really easy um a really easy story to tell it's all really about the stories that we're telling and i think people don't realize that um we're kind of in a, a story war like this is just as much about competing for your story in a in a marketplace of stories right go down like you know the list of all the, the thousands of protocols everyone has a slightly different story and I think at the end of the day, who, whoever's going to win out is whoever tells the best story. We've covered a lot of ground. Are, are there any last things that you want to communicate to our audience about IOTA and, and what you guys are doing or, or someplace they should go, uh, a website, uh, white paper? I mean, uh, I feel like you guys have got a lot of papers now. <laughs> We've got too much out there. Uh, yeah, I would just say, you know, we, we've grown, like you said earlier, like we've grown a lot. Uh, in the past year and a half and you know I know a lot of people maybe caught us in 2017 when we spiked like everyone else and uh, that brought a lot of interest towards us and you know we had a pretty terrible wallet back then or our network was um, you know just couldn't handle all the power that we had all the processing but you know you should come check out our like we have one of the best wallets in the game right now it's called uh, the Trinity wallet so if you google iota trinity or I think it's trinity.iota.org we've got a beautiful desktop mobile wallet you can come play around with it's gorgeous it's like industry standard um you should play around with the token if you're a play around with the um uh with the tangle if you're a developer um you know our, our we've got we've got some incredible um and entrepreneurs and, and ecosystem partners that are coming on starting to build on us and um yeah you know i, I know a lot of people knew about us and, and heard about us and maybe even played with us a little bit back then but we've done so much in the past uh year that coming you should come in and join our discord we've got uh, I think close to 40,000 people in there and just come in and chat. And I uh, would love to hear your thoughts because we're, uh, we're very active in there. And I think kind of one of the things, you know, we, we found a lot of similarities, I think in our two of our communities. And uh, one of the biggest ones is like how big and how active our community is. I think one of the other things that these VC coins don't really quite realize is that you can't buy a community. And, you know, I think people really believe in the steam it and they out of visions. And that's why we have such a vibrant, active community that loves participating because they feel like they're really part of something bigger than themselves. So that's certainly why I do it. And that's why I work way too much uh, on all this. So, uh, so thank you for having me on. I'm really happy we got a chance to chat. And I hope we can do it again. I feel like, I feel like we talked about a fraction of what, what we, there's so much we could go on. So hopefully, uh, hopefully have me back on in the future. Yeah, no, I'd love to talk with you some more. Maybe people can leave suggestions about topics to cover in future conversations in the comment sections to the Steemit post.